Do you ever wonder what comes next? Have you ever questioned how successful people got to where they are? What if we told you that your dream job is within your reach? All this and more on Framing Your Future. Welcome to the series finale of Framing Your Future. I'm your host, Amy Zitterkoff. We've learned so much in this series, and we're so grateful that you joined us along the way. In this episode, we're going to talk with local business owner Angela Scanlon, and believe me when I say you will not want to miss this interview. We'll get right into it after this message. We are supported by Buddy's Books and Bistro, located in the Learning Commons on the Scotts Bluff campus. Buddy's has it all, from books and school supplies to snacks and sodas. Forget to eat breakfast? No problem! Buddy's offers a breakfast every weekday in addition to a variety of coffee and smoothies. But that's not all. Buddy's also offers delicious homemade lunch options, and last but not least, show your school spirit and pick up some cougar gear while you're grabbing a snack. Whether you're lounging at home or headed out to the game, Buddy's got the swag to meet your needs. That's Buddies Books and Bistro in the Learning Commons on the Scotts Bluff campus. Okay, we're joined this week with uh, Angela Scanlon. She is the owner of Cappuccino and Company here in Scotts Bluff. And so, Angela, could you just tell us about your business and then why you decided to get into the field of business ownership? Sure. A lot of people um, have this grand moment where they decide to get into business. And I would say that mine was a little more accidental. I worked at Cappuccino and Company in high school. So I am the third owner. And that's, that place has been a coffee shop for well over 20 years now. Um, so it's, it's a staple in the downtown area. But I worked there a little bit in high school and learned the ropes and then went on to do some other things. Went to massage therapy school, attended WNCC for English, and um, was busy working as a respite care provider for the state of Nebraska and doing a couple of other random things when my mom said, hey, that coffee shop you used to work at is for sale. And I said, oh, that's that's good. I hope it sells. And she said, well, how about to you? And I said, well, uh, what? And three days later. <laughs> so yeah, um, very much, very much a knee-jerk decision. Um, and on paper, probably a terrible idea because we really just didn't have any pre-planning in place. But um, sometimes things are meant to be. I don't want to be that entrepreneur that says, just do it, you know, like don't even think about it. But that's unfortunately how this happened. I will say though, I went right to work becoming as much of an expert as I knew how to become on coffee and also on management and leadership because management was something I really didn't have to deal with. I've always been a really good team player, but I've never been the ultimate leader of the team. So that took a lot of learning right off the bat. But um, I've had Cappuccino and Company for nearly seven years now. And we have seven employees and have really, really grown. Um, we're probably at about 300% growth since I took over. Um, so really just every aspect of the business has grown and expanded. And I've made it my own. The decor has changed. Some of the menu has changed, but we've kept some old standbys that people grew to love, especially from the original owners. We seek to honor them them and some of the recipes that we've retained. So it's been it's been a really neat adventure. I've learned a lot about myself and a lot most importantly about how to lead my team and they have been a huge blessing in my life. So it's been good. It's been really good. 
That's really interesting. And so I want to sort of follow up. You said that you did attend WNCC for English, but here you are, you own your business. And so um, you talked about how you did everything you could to become an expert in leadership um, and management and business ownership and that type of thing. So how did you go about obtaining that knowledge about the formal education? I would say that the classes I took at WNCC toward English were still hugely helpful in what I do now. Um, my love for English and communication and marketing has all kind of come together. And um, I'm the social media manager and really the all things advertising manager for my business. And I'm not comfortable farming that out to someone else because I want all of our advertisements to be in my voice. So I like being responsible for those things. But the English classes I took at WNCC really helped inform my ability to express myself and um, has made my marketing better. And then when it comes to learning about leadership, reading books on leadership has been helpful. But I will say that there's really no excuse for um, not practicing it in real life. You can't just kind of read your way into leadership and then expect to just go press play and everything's great. So I learned a lot of things the hard way. You know, I can think back to employee interactions that should have gone a lot better. People that ended up maybe not staying on our team, but it didn't need to be dramatic before they left. I should have done a better job communicating expectations. That's a long, hard lesson for me to learn. And I'm learning it still. Books are great. How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie, which actually my partner is reading through right now because I told him this is the book. This is the one. Um, it's a really great, it's a really great book. And I actually read it when I was 13 years old. And then again, when I was in my twenties, but at age 13, it changed my life. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's really helpful for students or any individuals who might be interested in business ownership to sort of think outside the textbook realm um, and don't be afraid to look elsewhere to gain some knowledge and some insight into working with people, I think all too often, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but when people get into business ownership, they think this is great. I can be my own boss. I'm going to make all the rules. But then there's also those really hard interactions like you talk about with employees, sometimes with customers, vendors. I mean, the human part of it, I think people forget about sometimes when they're, they're getting into it. And so as you're talking about communication and learning those managerial skills and things like that, do you feel like your experience and the interactions you've had with your employees allow you to mitigate some of that uncomfortableness on the front end now, instead of dealing with it more so on the back end? Definitely, definitely. Um, it's even changed the way that I interview a prospective employee. I will say in the interview, some things that I've had to say in exit interviews in the past. So at the first interview now, somebody who's wanting to work with us will hear that we have zero tolerance policy for gossip. So if someone's going to join the Cappuccino and Company team and they like gossiping, just don't bother because gossip is so destructive and it destroys teams and it pulls apart relationships and it makes everybody paranoid. You're always looking over your shoulder. Who's saying that about me, you know, and, and customers too. They don't want to be gossiped about. That's rude. And so we cover that immediately in the very first interview. Even people that don't get hired are going to walk away knowing, wow, Cappuccino and Company really hates gossip. It's kind of excessive actually, because it caused trouble in the first couple of years. I'm not a gossiper. I'm not really dramatic. And I didn't realize that other people do things differently than I do. Whoa. That's yeah. one of the big things you learn <laughs> is that common sense is not common. People don't think, feel, or react anything like you, or if you're interviewing, um, 
vendors, people that you're going to work with just in that capacity, you still have to find a way to connect with those different personality types. So my interview process has definitely changed. Um, I tried to follow up with new employees very quickly now. In the, in the beginning, I worked in my business all the time. We'll call those the blood, sweat, and tears years. That was where I had almost no pay and just working constantly. And now I would say that I'm very happy that the opposite is pretty much true in that I'm able to stay home with my son and my team handles what's needed at the coffee shop 98% of the time. So I will do um, some payroll sometimes, I'll do some ordering sometimes, but even those things are handled by others. Um, I have a very capable bookkeeper because math is not this girl's strong suit. And uh, so I, I realized the things that I don't know. And that's probably been one of the biggest keys to my success, I would say, is surrounding myself with people that know better than I do about something and allowing them to help and assist, or in some cases, completely take over some aspect of my business, provided that I trust them. But a lot of people will try to delegate as soon as they open their doors. And you really need to become an expert in all areas of your business before you can safely farm it out to someone else. Otherwise, you won't know if they're screwing it up or not. And so I had to take on um, somebody from um, a small business organization to help me learn how to use QuickBooks so that I could then hire an accountant and be able to talk QuickBooks with her and say, well, here, show me this chart of accounts or that chart of accounts. I had to become familiar with it before I could pass it off to someone else. I think that is really good advice in disguise, I guess I could say, because right now it's the dream of how people envision business ownership to be, but it doesn't happen right away. And so it does take some investment and some learning on your part. With that being said, you've kind of indicated that now you're at a point where you can delegate tasks to your employees and things like that. But what does a day in the life of a business owner look like? Um, well, I can use today as an example. Um, you know, I got up this morning and looked and saw that some specialty pastries that I had ordered from a local baker had showed up at my coffee shop. My staff wanted to know how to price them and how to market them. Um, they sent me a picture. I immediately uploaded it to Instagram. Um, and then we sold out of those pastries very quickly. And so then I was fielding messages from people. Oh, hey, I went by and those pastries weren't there. Yes, I'm sorry. There was, it was a small batch. It was very limited. We promise we'll order again. So now I'm in contact with the baker to help her find a way to get her ingredients less expensively so that she can have a better profit margin when she sells to us. We interface with a lot of independent bakers in this area. That's a passion of mine to support them in what they do. But I'm also trying to help them price appropriately, um, get their supplies as inexpensively as possible, and really um, promote themselves also. So this is something that I'll be working on today, um, ordering a specialty type of flour for our friend, making sure she gets the pounds of butter that she needs. And then um, she and I will probably, I would assume, trade pastries for that particular uh, exchange. And um, then I'll be ordering more of them from her going forward if she has the capacity. And then I'm also working on some small business applications, like for the second round of the Paycheck Protection Program, for example. Um, we're applying for that. If we get it, that'll be a huge help. If we don't, we will survive. Things have been a little uh, snug this year of 2020. And so um, applying for assistance that is sometimes available has been a big part of my job description in this past year. And we've gotten a couple things and they've been hugely helpful. And then other times it's like, well, you win some, you lose some, and you have to just keep your ear to the ground to hear about 
what promotions or what um, grants or what loan possibilities there are out there and take advantage of those when they come. But today is gonna be a baking project, paperwork. I have a couple of personal appointments and so I'll stop by the coffee shop while I'm out doing those, check in on everybody, um, grab my mail, make sure that there's nothing that I need to deal with or sign. And that's kind of more what the days look like now. That stands in sharp juxtaposition to how it was in the first three, three and a half years of owning the business. There, I was there um, every day until close. And then at night, I would return for fix-it projects and to basically just stand there in the dining room and look around and just stare and stare and stare until I figured out where I wanted to move something or what needed to be spruced up or addressed somehow. Just a lot of presence in the building and a lot of analysis. And so now that I'm not there day in and day out, I have to choose to arrive there, act like a customer, walk in the front door and look all around me and see what my customer sees and see if there's something that needs to be adjusted. And that helps inform me calling a painter and saying, hey, it's time to touch up. I saw some dings on the wall or mentioning to my staff, it looks like there's a couple of napkins over on that table. Somebody must have just left them there. If you could grab those, please, that's going to make the dining room look a lot better. And of course, my wonderful staff is ready to go on any of those requests that I have. So it's it's very nice. The people that we have on our team make all the difference. But that's my job now is to just kind of oversee things from a top level. We were recently reached out to by a new project in town that wants to put an outpost of Cappuccino and Company in their new building. So uh, this afternoon, I have a meeting to go talk about the particulars of that and see if we move forward with a partnership there. So that would be another small location of our business elsewhere in town so that people from a different area of town would be able to easily grab some coffee. And I'm excited for that possibility. Yeah, that's super exciting. Congratulations on that. Based on being a customer at Cap and Co, that there's a lot that goes into your choices for the menu or the products that you use. So, can you tell me a little bit about your philosophy of that locally sourced stuff? Or I know you really like the more health conscious aspects of your products and things like that. So, can you speak to that philosophy a little bit and how you came to the conclusion that that would benefit your business? Yeah, there's probably two reasons for that approach. One is that I strongly believe that a rising tide lifts all boats. And so when you're a small business owner, you have a responsibility to engage with the small business community around you by whatever means possible. And it actually makes my life easier when we're ordering things from talented local bakers and makers, because then I and my staff don't have to produce those items ourselves. We don't have to become an expert in perfect laminated pastry dough for the perfect croissant. We can focus on the things that we do always make in-house, brownies, lemon bars, scotcheroos, certain cookies. Cappuccino Company is known for those, but when we can spotlight other people and bring their products in, it helps them and it helps us. And I feel like that is a really indispensable part of small business ownership is find ways to connect with what other small business owners are doing and bring everybody with you on your journey. I think the pandemic truly would have killed us off if we were in a big city and we didn't have the small town support that we have. So that's one reason for it. The other reason would be the health aspect of it that you mentioned. We try to keep our ingredients lists as simple and as pure as possible. 
Um, it's a lot cheaper to buy things that are full of high fructose corn syrup, for example, instead of cane sugar, artificial sweeteners instead of real sweeteners, cheap flour instead of good flour, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's much less expensive to live that way, but it's not ethical in my opinion. I want people to be able to feel better with what they consume from us, not worse. My job is to remind people of what real food can taste like. And that goes for coffee, especially. Um, we're very picky about the coffee that we source and how it's roasted and how it's prepared. But also the coffee that we serve is organically grown. It comes from small farms. It's roasted to a medium level instead of pitch black dark. And so you can actually taste what the coffee is supposed to be. So we use less sugar in our drinks by default. We probably use about half to a quarter of what you would expect at a chain coffee shop in a medium latte, for example. But um, what, when it comes to helping people be more healthy in the little decisions they make every day, I take that responsibility seriously. We're always going to have desserts and we're always going to have sweet things around, but I'm trying to level up each of those items slowly but surely and improve what we're serving our customers so that the ingredients list is just clean and straightforward. Some of our listeners may not know, but you're actually really well connected in the community. You're, you're involved in a lot of things outside of your business, and I'll let you sort of outline what those different things are. But I'm just curious to know how you see that connectedness or involvement in the community as a benefit to your business. It's a non-negotiable. I mean, if you truly want to have success in business and reach as many people as possible, you've got to be willing to reach as many people as possible in a relationship sense, one-on-one. -on -one. And so connectedness is probably the most important thing that I do for every meeting that I go to, for every group or board that I join. Um, anytime I make an appearance somewhere to do a delivery myself, and show my face as Cappuccino and Company's owner. Those are all incredibly valuable activities for me to do. I am a member of the Scottsbluff City Council. I was elected in December and well, in November and installed in December. And so I've been able to have some ability to vote on some exciting things for our community since I've started. Um, and I love that, but that's not even a position in which I meet a ton of people. The connections I already have are super important going into that position and also in maintaining my business. I have volunteered on a number of different boards, and I also am the organizer of some of the downtown Scotts Bluff events, like the Christmas Parade. And so in organizing those things, I'm reaching out to local groups, people that have expertise in a certain area or a talent to share. And it's been really rewarding to get to know our community on that level, we are full of talented people, kind and friendly people, people who wanna help. And again, I feel that, that as another responsibility as a business owner, I need to know my community. I need to know the people around me and not so that they become customers even necessarily. You know, I have great connections with people who will never stop going to Starbucks as long as they live. And that's okay. That's their style. That's their flavor. That's what they want. But we still interact in a business sense and they're still give and take you know, um, they'll order gift certificates from Cappuccino and Company instead of Starbucks, for example, to give to their employees. And I have, you know, huge, huge respect for that. They're supporting local every chance they get. And so anytime someone comes into our coffee shop, we want them to feel seen, respected, listened to, and like the most important person in the world while they are in front of us. 
And that drives me. And so that, that leaks into every area of my life. If I didn't have cappuccino and company, it would be expressing itself in some other way. But if you don't love people, if you don't like people, it's going to be extremely hard to run a small business, especially one that is customer facing. People think sometimes that being a savvy business owner means watching your competition like a hawk and one-upping them everywhere that they turn. Focus in on what you can change and what you can fix, which is your business. You can make your business better and you might be there long after your competition. You don't need to focus on what they're doing. What if you can have better ideas than them? What if you don't need to reinvent their wheel? What if you make your own? Because there's always going to be something new and fancy and awesome and maybe even not fair in the competition. Like, oh, they have millions of dollars to market this new product. Now everybody knows about it. And that's annoying because I made this product years ago. And actually, that's a true scenario. Um, Cappuccino Company was making cold brew years before Starbucks made it a thing. And then Starbucks came out with this giant marketing push and said, uh, cold brew, this is it. And everybody was like, oh, this is it. And I realized I can either be mad about that or I could realize that Starbucks did half my work for me. They did the marketing for me and now people want cold brew. Ta-da! Mm-hmm. I didn't even have to do it. And so <laughs> now people come in and cold brew just rolls right off the tongue because it's a word now. Everybody uses it. And so it actually makes my job a little bit easier. Not to mention, if Starbucks has a great idea, I might copy it because great ideas deserve to be emulated. And if I've got a great idea, I might expect someone else to copy it. And that's okay. You make a great point because I think sometimes people overthink their offerings and truly it can be simple. It can be simple and ethical and that's enough. And so that's kind of, it sounds like kind of what you're, you're operating on. Just make sure they feel valued and respected and you can serve their needs and that that's enough. And so I think that's a really effective way of looking at business ownership and you talked a little bit about the pandemic earlier, but I think this is something that people are super interested in right now, especially from the small business perspective. Can you sort of tell us about what that looked like when the pandemic hit? I'm not going to lie and say that we took it all in stride right at the beginning. I personally sat on the couch behind me and cried for a little while because everything felt like it had just been turned upside down and ripped out from under us. And I'm hearing, oh, businesses are all going to have to close. Um, You know, everybody's going to have to just shut down completely and fully. And that was really scary to hear. And then I was concerned about the health aspect for our whole community, for my staff. How am I going to try to keep them well? Is the risk worth it? And So the fear was real at the beginning. And so we decided we could only change what we have control of. We can't really fix the global narrative and what's happening out there. And so for ourselves, we got to work making sure that our coffee shop was as clean and sanitary as possible, that we were finding out what our customers wanted, needed, and expected from us. I had been procrastinating getting us an online ordering app and finishing our online ordering on our website. And so it lit a fire under me. I was stuck at home just working all the time on our online presence and making sure that we could serve customers um, remotely, I guess you could say, or touch-free. I'm so glad that it made me do that. And we'll never stop using those, pandemic or no pandemic. It was a level up for our business. Now I can add global pandemic to my resume. And I would say that, you know, like there's been so many challenges during this time and seeing our monthly revenue be cut nearly in half for most months of the pandemic 
was scary, is scary. I mean, in the past, when I first started business, anytime someone gave me feedback, I was ready to throw everything and start over and do it their way. And I realize now too many cooks in the kitchen will make for a really bad tasting soup and too many opinions in my head will drive me crazy. And if I try to live for other people, I will never end up living out my dreams and my mission. And so that's been a big learning experience, even with the pandemic that helped drive that home for me, that you have to do you and you have to do it with integrity and you have to be proud of what you produce and don't let people talk you down. I think we start out wanting to be so successful and having all of these ideas and not everybody's going to think they're good ideas. Not everybody's going to be happy all of the time. And so even when you're doing things ethically and putting out a quality product and treating people with respect, you're still not going to make every single person happy. And so it's important to understand that. Yeah. And how you handle them is really important um, because they're unhappy for their own personal reasons. A lot of the time you could have given them the best possible experience and they interpreted it through their own lens for whatever reason. And so when I respond to feedback, someone says, you know, I just was really disappointed with my experience today. And they'll, and they'll tell why I'm focused on, is there a grain of truth here somewhere? Is there something that my staff and I can improve on? Because you must look for that always. It's a bad idea to think you can do no wrong. Um, and so I'll look for that, but then I'll also look for what pain are they experiencing? Where did we let them down emotionally? Or maybe they got let down emotionally some other way and it wasn't even us at all, but how can I help? And so I do try to go above and beyond for people that have experienced less than they hoped to experience. We'll invite them back again for a credit for that item. Um, we'll see if we can maybe deliver to them or just change their experience somehow. And um, that usually is met with positivity. Occasionally it's just ignored. The customer won't follow up or they won't give me their email address or whatever. And that's fine. But we do the best that we can to make sure that people feel heard and seen once again, because you, you're not only important to us if you're the perfect customer, you're important to us when things haven't gone well for you or when you're not even a customer yet. And that's important to remember. I think that's a really good message. Let's see here. So you talked a little bit about how throughout the process of owning Cappuccino and Company, how it started and you were in there all of the time and trying to just make it better constantly and how you've evolved to more of a bird's eye view of the company and delegating and things like that. What are some of the pros and cons associated with your status now as an owner? Pro would be time flexibility. That's my big thing, being able to be home with my four-year-olds uh, the vast majority of the time, but I can't be complacent in that either and expect my business to continue at this same level or at any same level indefinitely. I have to continually be dipping back in, improving things and tweaking things. Otherwise, it slowly slips away. It starts to look dingy inside. Maybe customers go away and nobody follows up with them as to what happened. Um, maybe we miss opportunities for big orders or to um, interact with new customers. And so I always have to remain vigilant and remain involved no matter what. But it is nice to not have to have particular counter hours day in and day out right now. That makes it so that I just have that flexibility that I crave. And that was my... That was my goal from the beginning of business. This was not accidental. This was intentional. 
I'm going to build this business up as though I was going to sell it, as though I was going to make it as shiny and wonderful as possible to sell to someone else as a turnkey business. You know, business is an ebb and flow, certainly, but learning is an ebb and flow. And there was a time where I was too content to just be at home and barely touch my business because it was running without me. And I realized that I can't be so all or nothing, either behind the counter or practically dead. I have to be in the middle. I have to be connected still somehow and I'm responsible for those high level things that my employees can't be responsible for. And so those are my jobs now. Um, and I represent the business. I'm the face of the business, but the employees are the face of the business to the daily customers. Day in and day out, smiling faces behind the counter are what's making it happen. So um, I'm grateful for them every single day. And I have to have belief in my position as the business owner and continue to own that and live in it and not get shy about my own business. Like not Mm -hmm. apologize for asking. I'm so sorry for bugging you guys. How was the day? It's my job to ask how the day was. Is there anything about becoming an entrepreneur and owning your own business that sort of surprised you? Oh, probably everything. Um, <laughs> I just was kind of in a state of what for the first couple of years, just everything was new. Um, oh, I have to have a license for that. Oh, I have to renew this license every year. Okay. Where do I take the check? Like just a lot of surprises along the way. Um, I think it's really important to find somebody that's doing what you want to do in a general sense and allow them to be your mentor. Find somebody that knows more than you in the area that you're in. And so in the first five years of the business, I consistently hired consultants, people that um, either had more ability in management or maybe even in coffee preparation. And I would have them come in. I would pay them way too much money. It was scary to write that check, but they gave me knowledge. They gave me experience and I was able to train my staff under them as well at first because I didn't know what I wanted to know about brewing coffee at the beginning and I wanted a better product. So I would bring in people that I had respect for from other states and other places and they would teach us. We'd level up and we would bring the next person in. We'd level up again. And then there was a day when I realized that we were making better coffee than the people that were coming in to train us, that our processes were better, that we were cleaner and tidier and more professional with every stroke of the tamper and every movement of the tool. And I realized we're good now and I needed to become the teacher. And that's kind of a scary moment too, where you put on a little badge that says expert. So I learned a lot from that process, but It took me a while to understand I get to be the expert now and I get to train each new staff member to my standard. It's the cappuccino and company standard. And I don't have to worry about bringing somebody else in to do that anymore. But I think it's very important to not assume that you know too much in the beginning. Yeah, that you took the words right out of my mouth. I was just thinking that that openness to learning from those who have done it well is extremely important. And for those students who are pursuing an education in business, all of that is going to be so valuable, but the experience is something totally different. And I often hear students say, well, I can't get experience in this area until I've graduated and can work a job in this area. Au contraire, friend, if you want experience in an area, go offer your services for free to somebody and say, I would like to shadow, I would like to learn from you. Don't pay me, I just wanna watch a master work. And you can learn from that person and they will be, in most cases, honored 
to support you in doing that and will probably drop more knowledge on you than if you were one of their employees. And you can get a valuable look into if you actually want to do this or what types of things come up day in or day out. So valuable to be open and teachable, but then find people and say, I just want to know some of the things that you know. And for somebody to have someone come to them and ask for that, it's it's really neat to feel that somebody's open enough that you get to share knowledge with them. And now you feel like you're influencing the next generation of business owners. If somebody came to me with that type of ask, I'd be delighted to have them follow me around in a day of my life and let them learn anything that they chose to learn from that scenario. Not because I have it all figured out, but because I have a passion for seeing other people succeed. And, you know, we, in our office over in career pathways, we, encourage students to do things like that all the time. And they're probably sick of hearing me say it on this podcast, but anything you can do in the way of real world experience, even if it's not a paid internship, if you're just shadowing, you'll learn a lot. And so with that said, is Cappuccino and Company a place where students could come and ask for that job shadow? And we actually have worked with the local schools for um, job experience placement programs also. And then If somebody wanted to come in for even a full day and do a whole bunch of observation, they certainly could. They could also follow me around for a particular day. I would have to find a day that's a little more business oriented. Right now it's some here, some there, some here, some hit there. But yeah, I mean, we're always open to that. We want to see people get excited and succeed. With that, using your experience and wisdom, what is some advice you could give to some of our listeners who are set on starting a small business? What are some ideas you can give them just starting out? Um, I think that getting a business plan together is something you hear all the time from people. And it's like, uh, I probably don't need that. My business is in my head. Why should I write it down? Uh, Better yet, why should I work with somebody such as at a small business association or something to define my business plan? That was something that was missing for me when I started my business. Um, I took on a business that was already in existence. And so for me to say, why do I need a business plan? Most people wouldn't push me because the business was already there. But I would say that that is a very important document. It's a living document, it's an adjustable document, but it's something that gets your vision on paper. And if nothing else is really great to look back on each year and identify how things have changed and how your vision alters and how your goals morph and grow. Look up business plans online, see what they typically include, copy those. Um, But then like the um, NBDC, it's a local um, organization, Nebraska Business Development Center, I think is what it stands for. Um, My friend Spencer works out there and he's fabulous. He's wonderful for sitting down with and putting together a business plan. Also, I would not underestimate the importance of having somebody who's great at math helping you with your calculations. I'm not good at math. And so I bring people around me to help me with that. I have a bookkeeper that's ultimately responsible for all our numbers and our taxes and everything, but I try to learn from her whenever I can. And the hope there is that you accurately calculate what it costs you to do business, that you accurately calculate what losses you might incur and prepare for those. It's true. And we, I think we are fortunate because our community is full of so many small locally owned businesses. And I think that that's really unique about our community. And so the opportunity I think is there, but 
that doesn't change the fact that you do still have to have a plan in place and get the help where you need it and yep. consider the community as a whole in order yep. to make it successful. Just because in general, small business is successful in our area doesn't mean that it's foolproof, right? Any other advice you can think of off the top of your head that you want to just share with students or anything additional you'd like to throw in? Um, I would say, remember that there's always help out there. You're never alone. There's always somebody that's going to want to talk to you or help you. Maybe it's even their job to help you, like small business organizations. So just start calling. If you need help, call the college, um, call the city of Scotts Bluff, start asking, I need some small business help. Who can help me? And better yet, find out who can help you long before you start your business um, and have those ducks in a row. But if you are coming up against something difficult as an entrepreneur, there's somebody that knows better than you. So find them and find out. Be willing to pay for advice if necessary, but also consider offering yourself freely to somebody to help them. And um, they will often give you advice and real world experience for free in that case. Um, and, and that's a very valuable trade that happens all the time in our society. So don't be afraid of that either. So I guess that's my big advice is keep learning, learn from everybody you possibly can. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And you mentioned earlier about your socials, your social media, and I mentioned I follow you and I see that you interact with customers a lot over your social media. So um, first of all, where can people find you on social media and how do you leverage those platforms to continue to build those relationships? I'm very active on social media. Um, people can, of course, find me on my personal Facebook page, Angela Scanlon, but then Cappuccino and Company has a Facebook page and an Instagram. So we regularly interact with people there. Okay. So you're super available. Yeah. Okay. Very nice. Those are all the questions I had for you. Is there anything else you want to throw in before we wrap it up here? No, I'm happy with this chat. Thank you for your time. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for taking the time. And I think students will find this really valuable. Um, and everyone go out and get yourself a cup of coffee from Cappuccino and Company. Please do. <laughs> Wasn't that just the perfect blend of business philosophy and real life lessons? We hope you got a lot out of it. Thank you for joining us on this journey. If you enjoyed this series, stay tuned for more to come. We have tons of great ideas in the works. And if you have an idea for an episode or a series that you'd like to hear that's related to Career Pathways, let us know. You can email us at pathways at wncc.edu. Thanks again, and keep an eye out for our upcoming series. Special thanks to the Gearing Scotts Bluff United Chamber of Commerce for partnering with us on this endeavor. A big thank you to Amanda Foote for educating us on the technology needed to bring you this series. Our theme song was composed by our own music student, Devin Sheeler, and it was performed by the WNCC Fire in the Pan Swing Band. Our graphic was designed by Maria Grant, a Scotts Bluff High School graphic design intern out of our WNCC. CCPR and marketing department.